Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. The holiday season is off and rolling with NFL in full stride and the NBA and NHL hitting mid-season form. BetOnline is your number one destination for all your sports wagering info. With up-to-the-minute sports wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions, BetOnline is the top spot for everything pro and amateur sports, and not just the big four. BetOnline has info available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time for almost any sport that is played, from MMA to international soccer. Head to the bed online today and remember to use our promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Believe in OK State podcast. I am Megan Robinson, joined, of course, by Justin Southwell and Eve Batova. Guys, it was not the outcome we wanted this weekend. Nope, nope, it was not. But hey, we made it. I mean, proud of the guys, proud of the season, tons of fight. Uh, it just happens to be that you, you're playing against one of the best teams in college football right now. They've got all the momentum. Props to Texas. Uh, they left it all out on the field, didn't hold anything back. And hey, still proud of the Cowboys. Yeah, and I hope Texas goes out and they win it. That way we could say we lost to the national champs. But I tell you what, my mindset going into the game was pretty much, I didn't expect us to be here anyway. So whatever happens, happens. You know, that was kind of my mindset. No, I didn't think that, you know, <laughs> like by the by the first half, I didn't think the game was going to be over. You know what I mean? But um, it's hard. It's hard for me to say I'm still proud of, you know, what happened with this team, because it's hard. It's just hard to think about what could have been if we would have just adjusted earlier or came into the season differently. So. I'm proud of the athletes. I will say that I'm proud of the players themselves, but things were, were definitely mishandled to start the year off, but you know, that's neither here nor there at this point, you know, we're past that. We could talk about the game if you guys want. Well, no, I want to, I want to talk about what you just said. What could have been Eve? I mean, what, what do you think could have been? We made the big 12 championship despite the two and two start, despite the quarterback carousel, you know, if we had gone, I mean, I guess maybe a New Year's Six Bowl if we had gone, what, 11 and 1, 12 and 1. But what could, what more could this team have possibly done? Get, you know, changing the quarterback situation week one doesn't win us a Big 12 championship because it's still Alan Bowman. No, hey, that's a fair point. No, that's actually a really fair point. Um, I guess I'm referring to, hey, if we, if we would have had the quarterback situation handled from week one, you know, are we an 11 win team? But, you know, I guess with that being said, you're right. We're still playing Texas in the Big 12 championship game as Justin was the only person that predicted. And, you know, that's, that's what it would have been. So, I mean, yeah, I love it. No, I'll, I'll take right. credit for it. But at the end of September, I still have my doubts. Like, I thought there's no way, right? Not at this point. Hey, but you pl- you planted your flag on that thing, man. You get to <laughs> you get to hold on to that forever. Just like we get to hold on to being the Bedlam champ forever. <laughs> Guys, the one the one positive from this game is that Bixby is 10 and three in his game. 
And I'm sorry, that is impressive. That, that is. is impressive that he is better than the three of us, all three of us. Bixby had the best record in game picks. We'll still have a bowl game to pick. He'll still pick the, the college football playoffs and the national championship game. So he still has some more to six. But on the Oklahoma State season, he is 10-3, and three, and he is making a lot of noise right now drinking his water. I'm yeah, sorry. He's, sure. an, he's an aggressive drinker. So you know, shout, out, shout out I think to I had. What I have seven or eight wins for the season. I think there were a few games. Okay, so I guess all of our losses I got wrong. So what's that? Three losses. You and also had you picked uh, K State. And the I picked K State, right? So yeah, I picked K State. So I guess yeah, I was what eight and four. I feel like there's another one that I got that I got way well, wrong. We had four losses as a team, and then the, the Kansas State. Seven, so seven and oh, five. Seven I think five. I ended eight and four because I picked Oklahoma yeah. State instead of K State. Goodness gracious, Bigsby! So crazy. I mean, hey, we we still, we still made a bowl. It's all right. <laughs> We're bowl eligible, baby. Yeah. Bigsby is a genius. He's hey. That's what we get for believing in OK State, I guess. Because <laughs> we picked Oklahoma State every single game, probably except for that Kansas State game. It's like, well. Thanks for proving us wrong one week, and then, you know. Mm, well, no. we're we're delusional. What can you do? Hey, what? I'll can tell you, you what, do? though, man. Nelly's pants were were more electric than anything that we saw in that first half. I mean, my goodness, his pants was lighting it up. Nelly was fun. He was fun. He played all his bangers. I was like, okay, Nelly, making this making this better. Yo, anytime I hear uh, "I'm a sucker for cornrows and manicured toes." I get hype. I got to yell it with him. So even from the TV screen, it was fun. I was watching it with my daughter and we were both jamming. So yeah, I had a good time with the Hype Town show. We'll talk about the game, the game quickly a little bit. Uh, Gundy said in his post-game press conference that Texas can compete with anyone right now. They're faster in person than they looked on film. The committee agreed. They are number three in the college football playoff, making their first appearance in the semifinal game, Quinn Ewers was named MVP, 452 yards, four touchdowns, and was given the championship belt from The Undertaker. That was cool. Was it cool or was it corny? I mean, I don't know. Um, I, I think it'd be kind of cool to have a championship belt. No? I am personally all about wearable trophies, right? <laughs> so whenever you are... You know, when you're running track and field and you get the medallion, I think that's really cool. WWE belts, really, really cool. I thought that the NBA, like in-season tournaments, instead of trophies, they should have given them something that was more wearable, whether it was a necklace or a ring or, you know, a belt or whatever. So I thought the WWE belt for the Big Four Championship was really dope. I don't know. That's And, and by the way, let me just like, almost give like a disclaimer. I am one of those people that thinks corny things are really, really cool. So, hey. If it's corny, give me some more of that corn. Wow. Go to Iowa. <laughs> Not for me, Speaking man. Speaking of corny, <laughs> there's that joke. Yeah, I'm more about, uh, you know, traditional classic trophies that look nice on a shelf. A belt, that just you know takes up too much space. Not about it. Corny. All about the belt. It doesn't take up space if you wear it. Wait. You're going to wear that every day? Yeah, absolutely. You should. Oh my God. I'm Quinn Ewers. I'm wearing that to campus on Monday. Heck yeah. Heck Yo, yeah. did you see his caption after he won? No. He yes. posted it on his IG and the caption just said like for Bevo's cousin. 
Unbelievable. And I was like, yo, whoever gave them all the extra, you know, fuel that they needed. I was like, that was a bad idea. Yeah. Great job, frat guys. Frat Fair. guys, man. Which for the record, bulletin board material to anything football. <laughs> <laughs> this is what type this is what type of time we own right now. <sighs> but uh we talked about on last week, we talked about Xavier Worthy going into the game. How do we stop him? He was actually the third leading receiver in this game. Adonai Mitchell, six catches, 109 yards, a touchdown. Jatavion Sanders, eight catches, 105 yards, one touchdown. Xavier Worthy, six catches, 86 yards, zero touchdowns. Guys, we talked about our secondary being young. What can they take away from this game moving forward into next season? Well, Xavier Worthy only ended up with that stat line because he got chased down by Nick Martin. Come on, Nick. Hey, otherwise yeah, he would have had 100-plus in the touchdown. Speed, that speed really impressed me. I did not expect him to be that fast. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, what, what can our secondary take from the game? Um, gosh, I don't well, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to take from it. It's kind of like. Not even I, take, but just like, okay, going forward next season, we need to work on this, this, and this. Or what can I watch in this, you know, to grow as a player and do better next year? Is it just that yeah. Texas was that much faster and you just got to work on your speed and hope that you're fast enough? I mean, there's a lot of it was schematic. so. Just all the all the stuff that was dumped out in the flats. I think that gosh, yeah. like Nardo should have adjusted earlier to that. But yeah, I mean, speed was involved, but at the same you can time, neutralize. There, oh, there's, sorry, a lot ahead, of, there, there's just so much time between right now and what they see on film. All of what they're going to go through in winter, spring, summer workouts before they hit next season. So I don't know how much this game will influence that. I mean. You got bulletin board material if you want, but more than likely these guys are just going to leave it behind and move on. You were out-schemed and you were out-coached. I think those are the two primary things, right? So there's really very little that you can do when it comes to that. But I will say if there's one thing that you can work on, especially if the other team just seems to be faster than you, is you can neutralize speed by physicality. You just got to – you have to, like, set – the set set the tone early like you have to establish your presence right assert dominance as they say but you know from the beginning it's like yo you go ahead and you make this catch you're gonna feel it you know you just gotta like really pop people and make them second guess you know catching that's the only way that you neutralize speed and then um you know everything else after that you you rely on your technique and you rely on your coaching i also think like there were just different levels of effort it seemed like just between our guys on defense. I felt like perfect example, Nick Martin chasing down Xavier Worthy. It's like this is a linebacker going out and laying it all out there versus, I mean, I hate to bring it up, but Kendall Daniels. Guy's looking like he's running sore from a workout. It's like I don't know how much effort he's giving. It's kind of weird. Um, he, he has flashes of greatness whenever he does play really well, and we love him for it, but. Yeah, in a game against Texas, you would expect him to to really step up and put his skills on full display. Didn't really see it this game. Yeah. The biggest disparity for me in terms of stats were the first downs. We had 13 to Texas's 33. Goodness. And also time of possession. We had the ball about 20 minutes, which means Texas had the ball for about 40 minutes or two-thirds of the game. What? Yeah. 
Yeah. Those were the two stats looking at the stat sheet post game where I was like, wow. Yeah. That time of possession one was the one that like it made my eyes blow up whenever I saw that because Texas a couple times scored pretty quickly. Like they had Mm -hmm. explosive plays, I will say. But then whenever they decided to, they were like, yeah, we're just going to keep holding on to the ball and let this clock run down. So they were operating at will. They were doing whatever the heck they wanted. And that's, that's the type of stuff that's discouraging. As a defense, you're out there, you're just like, man, there's nothing that we can do against these guys. Like, they're they're having their way with us. Golly, that time of possession disparity, is that's huge. Yeah. Maybe I can even, like, backpedal a little bit on that effort thing. You know, if you're out there for 40 minutes of the, of the whole game, it's like, gosh. Tired. You're tired, man. Like, yeah, you got effort for however much you can. But at, at a certain point, yeah, you're going to be gassed. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, though, this loss doesn't sting as much as some of the other ones, because like you guys said earlier, no one expected us to be in this game. True. And Texas is a very, very, very good football team. I don't think anybody in the Big 12 would have beaten them. I, and I'm not saying that as like, oh, oh, you wouldn't. No, like I genuinely believe that they are hands down. I mean, they are the best team in the Big 12. They just won the Big 12 championship and they're co- going to play for in the college football playoff. But they are just fast. They are physical. Tavondre Sweat can score touchdowns now. You know, <laughs> like gosh, that was like the easiest touchdown of the game. How do you block a kid that big? <laughs> what do you do? Yes, yeah. Texas is back. I don't know. He's a big boy. Texas is back. Huh? I tell you what, the biggest sentiment from the post game press conferences, the post game interviews, and even from the locker room just seemed like, hey, we should all hold our heads up high and. Be proud of how how far we've come, right? Especially when you compare it to what it looked like we were going to be at the end of September. So this team definitely deserves some credit for the way that they were able to rally and turn the season around. Coach Gundy winning Big 12 Coach of the Year, I think, was much deserved. And this is one of those games where, you know, as you were watching it, it was kind of hard to just be upset because you're kind of like, yeah, I mean – we got here, <laughs> you yeah. know, as a fan. This is it's kind of weird weird for me to say as a big Gundy fan, but I don't know that Gundy necessarily deserved to win Big 12 Coach of the Year. Ooh. Like, I take a look at what happened in September, and a big knock. that was just not good. I mean, legitimately treating non-con like a preseason, that is not Coach of the Year worthy behavior now credit where it's due completely bounced back beat teams that you probably shouldn't have he was an underdog in a lot of games won a lot of games how much of that was coach gundy versus how much of that was ollie gordon mm. I don't know. Mm. and then on top of that after that big rivalry win versus ou you go to orlando and get blown out that kind of stuff didn't happen with Sarkeesian, Texas, for example. I mean, not to say that he was the most worthy to win Big 12 champ or Big 12 coach of the year based on Texas's expectations, but at least they lived up to those expectations and maybe even exceeded that because up until now they hadn't been like the expectations were there, but they hadn't gotten to the Big 12 championship game. So I can see it, you know, kind of both ways. Again, I love Gundy. I just don't necessarily believe that he was worthy of it this year. Yo, that right there 
was an efficacious counter argument. And I, you can, you, you convinced me. Yeah, he didn't, he, he didn't deserve it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm taking back my statement right right there. Cause I think, uh, I think you are absolutely right. Wow. I never thought I'd hear Justin say that. Right. Yeah. Gundy's biggest supporter right there, but yeah, he, he talked me out of it. Well, guys, before we move on to other things, you're both wearing all black. Match the Cowboys look (laughs) on Saturday. Eve, you predicted the all black correctly. You got the helmet logo wrong. They went script Cowboys. Justin, were you surprised to see a full repeat uniform combination? Yeah, a little bit. Um, When Texas announced they were going all white, I did kind of think, yeah, probably all black, maybe all orange, but probably all black. And of course, all black with the cursive Cowboys, probably the best look with that, just the white. And uh, anyway, I thought, you know, they, they don't want, maybe they don't want to do a repeat combo. So I'm going to go black, black, white, just so that they can have a, a different combination. But that's why I was a little bit surprised. But at the end of the day, I think they picked the right combo. Looked great. Um, unfortunately, we ended up with the L. So. I'm not going to go as far as to say like, ah, oh, it's a it's a cursed combo like, like orange orange white was in the 2021 championship game, uh, just because it was such a blowout. But yeah. hey, they look good. All right, that's that's all I can say. Probably, I mean, Eve, you got a great point as far as white white orange being the best look for the year. But for me, I'm probably going to go with this all black. Like it, it's really? just so it's so clean. I love it. All black is nice. Yeah, all black is nice. Probably my third favorite look of the year right there. But, yeah, you can't really go wrong. And to your point, it don't matter what uniform combination we would have worn because you can't curse everything, all right? That thing was going to be – I mean, that Texas roster is probably the most expensive roster in the country as far as, like, the money that had to be chalked up for, for, for them to get those players to that program. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Maybe A&M, but A&M may have learned their lesson from last season. But, you know, you, you put together a really nice roster down there in Texas. And Steve Car- uh, Steve Sarkeesian was in the kitchen and he finally cooked up that, that you know, that great that, ah, finally cooked up a great meal as a head coach. Moving on to other things, we're not going to sit there and talk wallow in our defeat. We're moving on to other controversy. The college football playoff decision. Now, Oklahoma State obviously is not in the college football playoff, they are in the Texas Bowl facing A&M in later this month, December 27th. But the college football playoff, they Texas is in along with Michigan, Washington, and Alabama over Florida State. Florida State became the first undefeated Power 5 conference champion to be on the outside looking in. College Football Playoff Selection Committee Chair Boo Corrigan said Florida State was left 
out as a result of Jordan Travis being injured. And Travis tweeted, devastated, heartbroken, and so much disbelief right now. I wish my leg broke earlier in the season so y'all could see this team is much more than the quarterback. I thought results matter. 13-0, and this roster matches up across any team in those top four rankings. I am so sorry. Go Knowles. Yo, it sucks. Honestly, it sucks that Florida State got left out. And I think it was Jeremy Smith, our, our former teammate at Oklahoma State, that tweeted it out. He said, Florida State, I know the feeling, right, referring to 2011 and feeling like you could compete for the national championship and us being left out by, I believe it was 0.07% of a vote or something like that. Come to find out later, it was a Big 12 coach that actually didn't vote for us to play in the national championship game in the whole BCS system, just all bad. But that right there was heartbreaking. I mean, that felt terrible. And it really, really sucks that Florida State is out after, you know, an undefeated season. But I think the committee got it right. I think the committee got it 100% right. And it's because, wow. hold on, before I get my point, what do you mean, wow, Justin? What, what What's your what's your counter there? Oh, you just want me to go straight into it? Because you're wrong. Go straight into it. Bro, listen, this committee's decision is a complete joke. I mean, we're already talking. What are we talking about? This is a an undefeated Power 5 team. It should be automatic. It, it, there shouldn't even be a debate right now. Like, do you know how, how difficult it is to go undefeated? In the ACC? Period. 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 Like, it's so difficult. Alabama couldn't do it. Texas yeah, couldn't I mean, do it. It's a lot less difficult in the I mean, ACC than it is in the SEC no, or any like other conference for that matter. I feel like that is just complete BS, to be honest. Like, it's it's so hard to do it. Like, it, it doesn't happen all the time in the ACC. It doesn't happen all the time at all, really. But if it, if it were so easy, Florida State would do it all the time. Florida State we'll might not ever do it again. We don't know. But I thought the playoff was brought about so – undefeated teams wouldn't get left out without a shot at a national championship. So 2004, perfect example. USC went undefeated in the Pac-12. OU went undefeated in the Big 12. Auburn went undefeated in the SEC. Utah went undefeated in the Mountain West. And Boise State went undefeated in the WAC. But they didn't have the playoff. So USC played OU in the national championship and blew them out 55 to 19 while Auburn was on the outside looking in. Is that fair? No. So let's, let's make a playoff. Anyway, that's just part of the reason why this decision does not sit right with me. How are you leaving? Yeah, I don't out? think you can, Undefe you, you undefeated can't compare, power five team. You can't compare this to 2004 for the simple reason that we didn't have that th th the same number of undefeated teams that's number one for number two there was no playoff and there is a playoff one so like just two completely different scenarios number three the bcs system was mostly like computer generated systems where they're looking at you know those factors of strength and strength of schedule um you know record all these other things which are still being considered now in 2023 however the main difference is there has to be a human element to it if it was 2009, 2004, FSU probably would be in the playoffs. But you have to consider, and it's written in their bylaws, you have to consider injuries. And an injury to the quarterback 
is a huge deal because they are not the same offense whatsoever um, without him as soon as he got hurt. And then not to mention, not only is it without him, but it's without his backup. So they had to go to their third string quarterback, who's a freshman, and they looked abysmal against Louisville. But they still won. They still won. They still won. You know dang well they would have gotten blown out by Texas, Alabama, and Michigan, and and Washington in that game. And you don't know that. You don't know that. Don't know that. Because this was a perfect example last year. Everybody thought TCU would get blown out by Michigan. And you saw what happened in the national championship game with TCU. But they they deserve to be there again. They, they deserve to be there for beating Michigan. They got the chance to do that. I think the com- the committee got it right, man. You got to take into factor that like those other teams, especially oh. especially if you're going to put in the University of Alabama, right, who is the SEC champion, then you have to bring in the team that beat the University of Alabama in Texas. So it's to me that's the right thing to do. Well, that's that's my theory. My theory is the committee wanted Washington, Michigan, Alabama, and Florida State. But because Texas beat Alabama earlier in the season, they had to have Texas in those final rankings. And yep. I think if Texas is one win, let's say that their one loss to Alabama was to Alabama and their one win was to OU, I think Texas would have been on the outside looking into that situation and they would have had Florida State and Alabama in there instead. That's my theory as to why Alabama got in because or Florida State was on the outside because the committee wanted Bama more. They wanted them and someone had to lose to Texas or had to be kicked out so Texas could have a spot because Texas beat Alabama. But the same can be said for Georgia. So their one loss, because their one loss came at the end of the season, it mm-hmm. it's more detrimental. No, I mean, there's, there's a difference between the teams that deserve it and the best teams in college football. And that's right. where I struggle because I, I genuinely think that – Alabama is one of the best teams in college football, but I also think 13 and 0, you're one of the best teams in college football as well. And EJ Manuel said it best. He said, by not having Florida State in the college football playoff, you are telling kids that what they're learning in Pop Warner isn't true, that there is an eye in team and it's not a team sport and it's all about one person. What about the other 100 kids on that yeah. roster? Well, exactly. okay. So EJ Manuel, being a Florida State alum, um, of course, is going to be biased in that. But I actually really disagree with that statement. Right? What you're t- teaching these kids is that there's an iron team. I think that what you're teaching Florida State football players is welcome to the real world. Like sometimes you can give your best effort, and it's just not going to be good enough if the star isn't uh isn't able to show up that day and that's that's life i'm sorry it sucks and it, i agree it with that but 13 and 0 is 13 and 0 and i was i was very much pro alabama being in there and then i heard some other arguments and i'm like you know like what more could florida state have possibly Nothing. done yeah you can do everything that you can possibly do and still not look my my, my only other why does Washington? I mean, because I guess because Penix is, isn't hurt, he's not playing. But I mean, look at look at the New York Jets. You know, everyone thought that they were going to be Super Bowl contenders, and Aaron Rodgers goes out play one of the season. So who's to say that one of these other four starting quarterbacks doesn't go out play one of the college football playoff, and then they're fo- focused on a backup? You're seeing in the NFL all right now. Yeah, and those teams, backup. those teams whose quarterbacks get hurt, tend to have bad seasons. But my point is that that play can happen like p- snap one of the of the of the Rose Bowl, a quarterback could get hurt and then you're dealing with the backup anyway. You know what but I'm saying? 
the other part of this though is like Florida State has had games without Jordan Travis and they still won. So it's not fair to the other 21 starters who contribute to their wins all through the season to go 13 and 0, be a power five, win your conference, and not be able to get in the playoff. It does it just it doesn't sit right with me. Like the committee did the right thing by putting Alabama ahead of Georgia because you treat your SEC championship game like really the first round of the playoffs. Like Alabama, they beat Georgia, they get ahead of Georgia in the rankings. Makes sense. But then you look at Texas and, well, guess what? Texas beat Alabama in Tuscaloosa by 10 earlier. You got to put Texas ahead of Alabama. Okay, well, look at look at the rest of this squad. Like we've got three other undefeated teams here. I just so do don't you see how this is a, a debate at all. There's just SEC bias all over it. And well, it's, I mean, just, it's not it's not right. Of course, that's going to be a factor, right? You talk about the SEC bias. I think some of these television companies are going to look at which games would generate the most ratings. Unfortunately, that is the case. Do you think that it would have been a better case if Texas was in and Florida State? Along with the other two, of course, Washington and uh, Michigan? Yeah, I think it should be Michigan, Washington, Florida State, and Texas. That that probably would have been the other contingency that that I think is you know would have been the most acceptable, but yeah. it's just hard to imagine a playoff without like what many people consider the best conference. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, they've been in every single playoff, and I'm sorry, but you just weren't good enough to be in it this year. Like you should have gone undefeated because other teams in other conferences went undefeated. If you want to represent the SEC, go undefeated. Period. But no, we can't imagine the playoff. Without an SEC team, Alabama's been in eight of the last, what, 10? And Florida State's gotten to do it one time. And even whenever Alabama doesn't even deserve to be in because they didn't win the conference championship, they'll still get the nod and still get a chance to compete for a national championship. It's just kind of ridiculous the way that Saban's able to lobby. They're able to get in. I mean, ultimately, yeah. You're going to, on paper, you're one of the best teams. So let's put them in. Why play the games, though? It's just 13 and 0 isn't good enough. Come on. I mean, Alabama barely beat Auburn, you know, who got right. their butts kicked the week yeah, before. Barely beat South Florida. State. Yeah. And you know what's going to uh, suck is uh, you can't even, like, the, the Georgia versus Florida State game isn't even going to be that telling because, you know, Half of Georgia's defense is going to opt out because it's a quote-unquote meaningless game uh, as they get ready for the NFL. And then you're going to have Florida State who, you know, of course, are without their quarterback. So it, it'd be cool if that bowl game so, actually meant something. And, and yeah, if Florida, State, if Florida State wins that, then it doesn't matter because Georgia right. just didn't want to be there. Is that is that what we're going to hear? Just sad. We'll see. Win the games. Win the games. And, and you'll – Ian, I just I feel bad for the rest of Florida State. And I the argument too. that's been made is that if Jordan Travis is so important to this team, why is he not a Heisman finalist? Yeah, yeah exactly. That's, you know, that's the other. He should have been a Heisman finalist over Marvin Harrison Jr. I'll tell you that right now. 100%. Yes. For those who missed the announcement earlier this week, Marvin Harrison Jr., Michael Penix Jr., Jaden Daniels, 
and uh, Bo Nix are the Heisman finalists for this season. And I'm very confused why Marvin Harrison is on that list when he's not even the best receiver in college football this season. Um, but I know that Florida State fans are outraged that Jordan Travis isn't on this list because if he's good enough to keep a team out of the college football playoff, then he should be a runaway Heisman winner this season. So, Yeah, I'll tell you what. Um... Marvin Harrison Jr. is one of the best pro prospects that we've ever seen at the receiver position. But being a great pro prospect is not what this, this is not what this award is about. It's about being the best college player, right? So, you know, you can go and compare him to the stats that Tylen Wallace had. You can compare him to the stats that Justin Blackman had. Neither one of them were Heisman finalists. So you look at his season, what he did, and you're like, come on, bro. Roma Dunze had a better season as a as a wide receiver than Marvin neighbors. Yeah. So, yeah, Malik Neighbors had Malik a better Neighbors from LSU. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know what's going on with some of these, like this, this pageantry that is happening with some of these awards. It doesn't make any sense. He's got that name, got the helmet logo. I mean, I get it. I'm a big, I'm a big fan, but Heisman. Yeah. No. How could you not be? Right. Great, great receiver. He's but. an incredible player. He's an yeah. incredible player. But you look at his numbers. I don't I think he might be first in one category, but and he's in he's in top ten. So I'm not saying he's a bad player, but when I think best in college football, you should be leading in the stats categories, not top ten. You need to be one or two. And I would even argue, okay, you want to put you want to put Marvin Harrison Jr. in there, then why isn't Ollie Gordon in there? He's the lead the nation's leading rusher. He's in the top with with touchdowns. And I saw a tweet going into the Big 12 championship that he should be in the Heisman conversation because there is not a single player who means more to their team than Ollie Gordon does. And I think that, you know, going right. back to the Jordan Travis conversation, Florida State won without him. They right. were able to figure it out. Their defense got it together. They figured it out. When Ollie ran for less than 100 yards, we did not win. And I think that just, it just shows the impact that he has on this team and how valuable he was to Oklahoma State and what a difference he makes on the field when he goes off and has one or multiple touchdown games. And that's why, you know, you want to put Marvin Harrison Jr. in there, put, put Ollie Gordon in there because yeah. – He's the nation's leading rusher, hopefully wins the Doak Walker on Friday night. And I'm like, if that's how we're going to play this game, then why is he not in New York? That's the other part of that, too. It's like Jordan Travis, he's injured. He's out. Ollie Gordon is injured, and he's still playing. It's like he's pushing through it. I mean, there's a it's worse than a ankle roller sprain. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I'm not not comparing the injuries injuries at all. I mean, that's a... Brutal, devastating injury for Jordan Travis. Ollie Gordon is able to play through it, and he absolutely should. But, you know, there's a reason why he's not producing as much as he was in that stretch that he did in October. Um, he just hasn't looked the same, really, since that OU game, if we're being honest. And, yeah, he was able to put up five touchdowns against BYU. Two of those came in overtime. BYU, obviously, their defense isn't nearly as stout as Texas. So get up against Texas and some of these defensive linemen that could probably be on an NFL roster right now. And it's not a great combo, but, uh, you know, Ollie, yeah, absolutely. Meg, exactly what you said based on if it's the most valuable player, that's Ollie Gordon for Oklahoma state period. So who do you think wins it? I've been thinking about this. I've been thinking about this. And so I have, I have some theories. I, I feel like 
Michael Penix is going to win because he is on a Pac-12 championship team. His stats are incredible. He has had an amazing season. And I think that maybe the reason that Marvin Harrison Jr. is invited is because Penix took it by a landslide and the next three were kind of like close in votes. So it's like, well, I'm making up numbers here, obviously. You know, if Bo Nix had 800 votes and Jaden Daniels had 750 and then Marvin Harrison had 700, it's like, okay, well, they're all within 100 points of each other. We're going to bring the four of them because there's no requirement for how many guys have to go to New York. It's all based on the votes. Mm -hmm. So my vote is for Michael Penix. Will it be a landslide? I don't know, but that is my theory as to why Marvin Harrison Jr. is there. I think he wins too. Um, Just based on that Pac-12, you've got like there were four or five other quarterbacks in that league throughout the season that could have been yeah. considered for the Heisman Trophy, and he's the one that kind of stood out. They went oh, undefeated yeah. through that, and so for that reason, I've got to put him in there. Show, have y'all seen that guy just throw the football this season? That he he might have the be- he might have a better arm than Caleb Williams. Like that guy. It's just such a great passer of the football. Not the most athletic, right? He's not going to move around a bunch. But, man, that boy can throw. I hope he wins it. I really do hope that Michael Penix is the highest winner. Um, I don't like what Jaden Daniels was doing. I don't I don't like what they were doing with Jaden Daniels. I know the numbers are really, really impressive. But, man, whenever they would play that lesser competition, they're out there letting them play the entire fourth quarter. They're like, yo, we need these, these, these stats. Cause if we're not going to have the type of season that we're going to have, at least we can have a Heisman finalist in there. And it was just so obvious that there were stat padding when oftentimes Michael Penix was done with the game by like midway through the third quarter. So that's the type of stuff that I'm just like, come on now. Like, what are we doing? Hopefully the voters are watching games. Yeah. Right. I'm going to get- picture. I say, I'm going to need some Nick Martin. I need you to step up next year. I need you to have like 17 sacks and 300 tackles so that we can get a defensive player back in the Heisman conversation. Because I'm sick of this being a quarterback award. Would absolutely love to see a defensive player win the Heisman again. I mean, Tyron Matthew, I thought should have won it. I thought he was robbed uh, back in 2011. But hey, what can you do? There was. Um, it was cool to see Devontae Smith win it the year that he won it for Alabama. Right? He was the last non-QB to win it, correct? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, had to have been. Wasn't it Vante Teo, the he, Heisman runner-up in 2012? I don't know if he was a runner-up, but he was a finalist for sure. He was a finalist, yeah. But there's oh. he didn't deserve that. I mean, come on, let's be for real. <laughs> I guess the competition just wasn't as good. It's like Johnny Manziel, Mante Teo, and Colin Klein, probably for Kansas State. Colin Klein, people. But it's like about. I'm looking at uh, Teo's tackles. He had th- 113 total tackles his senior season. He did have seven interceptions. That's kind of crazy. But Nick Martin's got him beat on the tackles already. So put him in the convo right now. Let's go. Should Nick Martin be in New York instead of Marvin Harrison Jr.? Maybe. You know, they got to look at the whole team, right? Team success. So, hey, if we go out there uh, next year, well, for Oklahoma State, it'll take for us to have an undefeated season with 200 tackles and, dang, you know, being in the playoffs. That's the only way that we're going to get a Heisman finalist. It's an individual award, but it's absolutely based on team performance. Absolutely. Yeah. Team success, team performance. You got to have supporting guys to be able to prop you up. So, and you got to yeah, have Nardo. Nardo's got to turn it around real quick. Like defensive line's got to get after it. A lot more pressure. 
Secondary's got to tighten it up and then just let Nick Martin run wild and maybe he has a chance. But Johnny Johnny Manziel that year was because he had that moment, right? Being able oh, to yeah. beat Alabama and then everything else that, that happened. Right? Yep. I just I just want to chat with some Heisman voters and uh why why Marvin Harrison? Who'd you vote for? Who'd you vote for, Heisman voters? I'm I'm gonna be chatting with some people and why did you why <laughs> and did why you did you vote for marvin harrison jr and why again great college football yeah, player i, think, I think some of that might just be like the uh representation of the big 10 like they just have to have somebody in there you know it's it's just kind of ridiculous it's like we can't have awards we can't have a playoff without somebody from the big 10 being represented so michigan you go undefeated you deserve to be in a playoff. No questions there. But what about individual awards? You know, it's like eh, nobody from Michigan really. Yeah, they, they did great as a team, but nobody individually head and shoulders above everybody else. And an argument can be made for J.J. McCarthy or the Blake Corum. But who's the best Big Ten player? And it's like, OK, Marvin Harrison Jr. Well, let's throw him in the Heisman conversation. I think that that's probably the only reason he's named in this list. I, I mean. Prove me wrong, Heisman right. voters. Maybe, maybe he's on the list because he actually wins. Could you imagine? Could you imagine? Bro, my man had the ninth most receiving yards in the country. I. What are we talking about? What lose? Him? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Maybe that's why he's in New York. Because what if enough people were like, "I'm going to put him down," and then it's like, "Oh, we're all going to do this," and then it's like, "Oh, shoot." He wins. If he wins the Heisman, then Florida State would have won the national championship. And it's not fair because they were not included in the playoff. Yeah, that would be that would be like the year that um LeBron should have won defensive player of the year, but then so many people didn't want him to um like win too many defensive player of the years that they voted for Paul Gasol, who wasn't even first team all defense, and he ended up winning defensive player of the year. <laughs> Imagine that happening here in college football and Marvin Harrison gets it. And we'd be like, what the heck? They just pulled a they just pulled a Paul Gasol on us. Exactly. Exactly. Well, we'll see Saturday night. But more importantly, Friday night, college football awards, Ollie Gordon, Doak Walker finalist. I feel confident. I feel good. He 100 percent deserves it. So Ollie, we are all pulling for you. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, guys. are you still calling him skate? <laughs> you know, it hasn't he really caught up. fire. I was I was calling him skate just during the game. You know, tweeted a couple times. So it's hey, mm. we're gonna make it a thing. Skate Gordon, baby, we in here. Well, you have a whole off. We have one more game. I understand that, but you you got January on. You got a whole off season to. Uh, hey, if you see happen. me tweeting the skateboard emoji, just know I'm talking about Ollie. Oh, yeah. Well, guys, with that, well, thank you all for listening to another episode of the Believe in OK State podcast presented by Bet Online. Of course, like, share, subscribe, follow, rate, review. Guys, we've hit 300 subscribers on YouTube, and we oh, are wow. very appreciative of each and every one of you. And if you watch us every week and haven't subscribed yet, just go. What are you doing? Click that little button. Just click that little button. Thank yeah. you. Well, Thank you all for listening. Go Pokes. Go Pokes. Go Pokes. Thank you for listening to Believe. 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.